0: god we are so thankful you have blessed us with the means the access to come before your throne and have communication to worship to praise you father we we just thank you for removing obstacles that was in the way that was preventing us to come together and father we just thank you for filling the praise team with breath to sing worship and praises to you and father i just pray that you fill every pastor with the words to to say every minister every preacher today and and father just uh pour out your anointing in a double portion on this service today and father just let your spirit be known and just touch us and we ask these things in your name amen i would like to echo before i get started in the word we, we uh did not mean at all to forget um veterans um, to to getting um, you guys a gift and you know i told the early service this morning i am grateful that someone went and paid a price so that we can be in a land of freedom to be able to preach the good news to all so i listen i'm thankful for that but if you if you do have your your bibles as uh, the young man read turn to romans chapter 8 this morning didn't y'all enjoy his reading isn't that awesome? awesome. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, we're going to be in verse 31 through um, 37 or 39, I should say. And listen, times of uncertainty, times of uncertainty, you know, I, I try in times of uncertainty to wrap Uh, my mind and my heart around the things that are certain that are unchangeable and i understand that that can be very difficult in this day and time but especially this week you know when we're talking about uh churches opening up and schools and and daycares and uh workplaces you know so so many people are living in the uncertainty so many of us are living in the the what ifs so many people every single day are asking what if what if the land of what ifs i told i i'm sick and tired of living in what if what if this happens or what if that happens well (laughs) praise god where's our faith god is in control the land of what ifs is a tempting place to dwell and to abide in and all we do when we're in the land of what ifs is we just keep digging pits to bury ourselves in so it's a trap it's the what if trap the what ifs we just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper in what is it negativity negativity in other words uh, the reason i say that is i was somebody shared a word with me yesterday if you you think positive thoughts and speak uh, or if you think negative thoughts and speak negative thoughts and guess what it's just negative you're going to be in a pit okay so it's the it's the what if it's an imprisonment it's an entrapment it gets you down it demobilizes you it, it lets us live in a life of fear and anxiety and stress and, and all this hurt and pain because of two simple words what if what if somebody show me around the house anybody else living in what ifs we all are in staying time what if this happens what if that happens what is what is I believe that we're living in a land of what if right now what if right now and as for our first Sunday getting back together in corporate worship I want us to see some crucial truths in Romans 8 y'all there Y'all quit focusing on them kids. I don't care if they run up and down the aisles. It does not bother me. Okay? What ifs? We're living in a time, somebody asked me, how you doing this morning? I said, I'm doing great. Say, hey, you you been busy? Yeah. I find that more ministry calls in this day and time is because people are dealing with depression, fear, and anxiety. They're living in what ifs so so tune in this morning Romans 8 is most theologians say it's the most profound chapter in the whole bible and I don't we, we're not going to get uh, all the way through the chapter just a few verses but I want us to examine this morning the security that we do have in Christ the security we have in Christ and God's God wants his people to experience deep, unshakable confidence. Unshakable conf- confidence that we are secure in him. We are secure in, in him. And in, 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 it's a fact that many believers today feel so overwhelmed by the situations in life. We often feel confused, weighted down, wonder, is God still near us? Is he still present? Is he working today? Absolutely. So when the Apostle Paul, the Spirit was allowing him to to pen these verses, listen, this dude was facing some some tough times, some grueling times to be a Christian. He has suffered rejection from his friends. He was uh, in persecution of, of imprisonment the government was against him he he lived a life in in isolation but but regardless of the situation or what people thought or the circumstance he didn't let him get it da- get down he had confidence he discovered a vital truth that he was secure in the father's hands he was secure he discovered that nothing occurs in life that does not come through the Father's hands. Nothing happens in life, nothing, that has the power to separate you from the Father's hands. Nothing that happens in our life is able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. So listen, church, we need to quit living in Fear, fear, whether it be the past, present, future, because we are secure in the love of Christ. We are secure. And as as we look at our text this morning, that's five arguments, five questions, if you will, to prove that there can be, therefore, no separation, no separation between the believer and the Lord. The believer in the Lord let's look at verse 31 it says what shall we say then to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall bring the charge against God's elect it is God who justifies Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is also risen? That even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, depth, nor uh, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There can be no separation. Because why? God is for us. God is for us. Verse 31 tells us that if God is for us, then who is against us? Who? It's a good theoretical question. It, it, it's very practical uh, for Christians who, who were in Rome at the, in the first ch- century. Remember, Paul's ultimate mission for uh, the, the Romans was for them to join with him in, in a, a missionary effort to, to Spain and then the regions beyond. He wanted believers to to know if God wanted it to happen, then it would happen. And if God wanted it to happen, nothing could come against them. So as believers today, we must remember that God is for us. God is for us. And he proved this because he gave us his son, his only son. He gave us His only Son and the Spirit. So, in His person and in His providence, God is for us. God is for us. In His providence, He's taking care of us. So many of us are like Jacob. We, We just cry out and say, man, all these things are stacking up against me. What shall I do? How can I handle this when actually all things are working for us? We just have, Nikki, we just have the dime factor going on. We just have the dime too close to our eyes. We get focused on the situation right then and there, and we can't see what's happening today is preparing us for tomorrow, and the year, and the two years, and the five years, and the ten years. We have the dime factor. That's all we focus on. Listen, we quote so many times, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans of, of welfare are not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Listen, I know this because God tells me, He promises it. In every situation, all things work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. So what is that good? That good is is being conformed in the likeness of Christ. In the form of the likeness of Christ. Listen, these, these things we go through, the ups, the downs, the lows, the difficulties... Even the easy times, the dry times, where it seems like the water has quit flowing. There is no more running water. Listen, God is for you in those times. He is with you in those times. There is no separation. Each one of us should enter each new day realizing that this is the day he's blessed me with rejoice and let his spirit rest upon me because he's doing new things today listen he's doing new things right now we've never gathered like this before we've never been separated in a church like this before and seeing that the church is still prevailing he's doing things new today man yeah Somebody, yeah, needs a praise break. This is good, man. This is a profound chapter in the Bible. God is for you. He's on your side. He loves you from the top to the bottom. He created you. He knows every piece of you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of God. He loves you. He's not going to forsake you. He believes in you. There can be no separation from God because Christ died for us, because Christ died for us, and He gave us his very best, His very best." John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world, that He gave his only, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him, whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life listen God gave us his only son the jewel the prized jewel in heaven heaven's best the riches of heaven come down to man so that we may have eternal life so heaven was bankrupt for me for me I wonder when, when the Apostle Paul was pinning this, I wonder if the Spirit led him back to Genesis 22, verse 12. Genesis 22, verse 12, is talking about the, the Lord tells Abraham, Now I know that you have not withheld. I know that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. That you are willing to give your only son on the altar for me. Christian today, I wonder what you're withholding from God. For most of us, it's full control of life. That's why we're living life in fear and anxiety and stress and all this. See, in in Genesis 22, verse 12, we see that God provided a ram. He interceded between Abraham and Isaac. He sent a sacrifice. But see, this time, this time, there was no intervention. God delivered. He gave his only son, the jewel. He allowed him to be sacrificed on Calvary. To bear the sin of the world on his body, the the suffering that he did not deserve was poured out on his only son. Listen, that's fantastic for us. That's like the the best gift ever. And if he gives us the best gift ever, he's going to provide everything that goes with the gift. Everything. The argument we see is lesser to greater. When when we're sinner, God gave us his best. Now that we can be called the children of God, he gives us all we need. All we need. Listen to verse 32 again. It says, since God, since he did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us, won't he also give us everything else? Look at it this way. If you went to a jewelry shop and you bought a a nice watch or a a big classy diamond would the the jeweler not give you a box or the paper wrapping everything that you needed with the gift to go home to take care of it the box to put it in to deliver it as a gift of course he would would you give your children a bicycle that had flat tires and not provide them the air that goes in it no that's absurd That's absurd he will give you everything you need everything everything if you do the greater you will certainly do the lesser God cares for the birds the sheep the the grass the lilies if he cares and provides for those things he will provide for you Amen? Amen? God provides grace on Mount Calvary. Not the basis of the law. He freely, freely gives all things to His children. All things. There can be no separation from God because God has justified us. God has justified us. Romans 8, says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. God who justifies. Listen, to bring a charge is a, is a legal term making a formal um, accusation. Listen, that in, in Zechariah 3, listen, that's, that's exactly what Satan tried to do. Here we have the priest I'll read it to you. Zechariah 3 verse 1 and 2 it says, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan's standing at the high priest and trying to at the right hand trying to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, "The Lord rebuke you, Satan." Listen, here we have a priest, and here we have Satan and the Lord. And the Satan Satan brings the accusation. Says, "Don't you know that this guy's filthy? He's dirty?" He says, I rebuke you satan get behind me he said dress him in clean linen he is a child of mine you can't touch him you can't have him but that's what satan does he goes before to 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 judge to point out hey don't you know his thoughts don't you know the evil words he says the evil things that he does the things that comes out of his mouth Listen, but glory be to God, we stand in the presence of the Lord because he sees the righteousness of Christ that was imputed from the cross. He doesn't see where I've been or what I looked like. No, he sees the righteousness of Christ, my Lord and Savior. This is my child. Dress him in fine linen. We are god's elect who are chosen in christ and accepted in christ god can't will not accuse us because he justified us he justified us when god declares the the believing sinner to righteousness in christ it's it's a declaration it never changes You know Christian sometimes we accuse ourselves we get down on ourselves and you know many men and women will even come and accuse us of things but listen Jesus already paid the penalty he already paid the penalty and we are secure in him he he's brought all the charges that could have been possible he's cleared them Colossians 2 and verse 14. Write it down, go back, highlight it, take you some notes. This is a a phenomenal verse. It's having canceled out the certificate of debt. Canceling the debt consisting of the decrees against us which was hostile to us. He has taken it off. Taken all the way and he has nailed it to the cross. Whatever charged the debt. There can be no separation from God because Christ intercedes for us. Christ intercedes for us. Romans 8.34 says, who is who is to condemn? Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Listen, there's plenty of people out there that try to condemn us, even our own minds. Believers and unbelievers always trying to point their fingers like, hey, look at this. Even Satan uses ploys every day to to attack his, God's people and with good reason because we all have shortcomings and failures and faults and weaknesses but listen the, the accusation is not going anywhere because God says he's justified, he's cleared I've paid it I'm the judge and you can't judge him Jesus is the judge of mankind he's the only one Who can condemn? But listen, but rather than condemn us, he is the very one who died for us. Who paid the payment to clear the certificate, the debt, who intercedes for us to the Father. Listen, that same Savior who died on the cross is interceding, For us right now for for you in heaven right now he is he is our defense attorney he's pleading the case hey that's that one's covered i died for that one he serves as our high priest because he is our high priest listen he gives us the grace to overcome the temptation the capability of defeating the enemy when Peter sinned against the Lord he was forgiven restored to fellowship because Jesus Christ in Luke 22 In verse 31 through 32, we see a a picture. It says, the scripture says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you. He demanded to have you, that you that he might sift you like wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you. I have interceded. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. He said, Satan wanted you, and I declared he can't have you. Jesus is interceding for us, interceding for us. He assures us that we are secure, that we cannot be separated from God. There there can be no separation from God because Christ loves us, Christ loves us. In verses 31 through 34. Paul proved that God cannot fail us, but is it possible that we can fail God? Suppose some great trial or or temptation comes and we fail, then what? Paul deals with that. He deals in the final verses and explains that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He writes, he writes, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Who? He goes on to mention things uh, rather than people. It is impossible for tribulation, nor trouble, nor distress or anguish. So many times we think that God has let us down, but he hasn't. He's left us alone. Persecution's coming, church. We preached on that last week in the Beatitudes. Persecution is coming. You say, well, what about this? You're saying nothing can separate. I'm I'm telling you that. That persecution's coming and nothing can happen to you because you are safe in the Father's hands. Because He loves you. He died for you. Nothing can separate. People is going to to have campaigns against you to speak negativity against you but it's okay because it doesn't matter what they think because they can't touch you because you're a child of the Almighty so I'm not worried about their campaign because I can't be separated from the father (laughs) in verse Thirty-six, Paul quotes Psalm 44, verse 22. He quotes this to help us understand that there's going to be opposition. There's going to be opposition to God's people, to the work, to building God's kingdom. There's going to be opposition. And he describes us as sheep that are being led, led to the, the, the slaughter. And Christian, we, we must remember that the world is cursed that it is under control of the evil one. 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are children of God and that the the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Listen, there's going to be natural things and supernatural things. There's going to be attempts to convince believers every day that they can be separated, that they can be took from the Father's hands. That they can be removed or distanced from the love of God. But listen, it's not true. He said there's nothing. Nothing. Listen, God permits trials and persecution, things to come our way. The same as the fires burn hot to pull the dross, the impurities from the gold. It's a process that has to happen to make the gold pure. Listen, our persecutions, our trials, has to happen in order to produce spiritual growth. Without persecution and trials, there is no growth. It happens so that that we can lean more into the Father. That we can be dependent on the Father and not ourselves. Listen, He gives us the power to conquer these obstacles in the name of Jesus. Romans 8.37 says that we are more than conquerors. He gives us victory and more victory. He says that we don't need to fear death nor life, the present things to come, because Jesus loves us, and he gives us victory. He loves us. And as we look at the the final two (coughs) verses of the chapter, Paul gives us a list of 10 things 10 things that will not separate us from the love of God he says death cannot separate us in fact death is the actual shuttle that takes us to the present of the Almighty he says it's a first-class trip the many martyrs and witnesses in the early church man they were killed they were persecuted they they were taken to to death because of the good news the gospel that they were preaching and all they could say was thank you thank you thank you for the shuttle the transportation to be in the presence of the almighty thank you he says life cannot separate us even though it's more difficult uh to face life than than to face death because of temptation and trials and and disappointments and uncertainties and failures and sufferings but he says these things cannot separate us from the love of God it can't happen he says angels cannot separate us and he goes on to say nor height nor death can separate us nor any created thing he says it can't happen nothing can pull us out of the love of god nothing nothing man that's that's outstanding so really to 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 put every bit of these verses in a nutshell nothing can separate you from god So many of us in our, our walk our Christian life, we look at it like this if we do this then God's going to do this little Johnny, if you do this right here then I'm going to do this over here for you no 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 this security in Christ is an established fact that that we claim it for ourselves because we are in Christ, because we rejoice in Him, we believe in Him, we've accepted Him. It's outstanding. Listen, salvation is, is a great love story. We love Him, why? Because He first loved. He's on our side. He's on our side. Nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you that does not pass through the Father's hand. Hey, that's good to know. He has a, a shield of protection that surrounds you. Paul was a a man of of great confidence, a faith that was was unshakable. He didn't didn't fear the the tangible hardships of of life or the the tangible thoughts that creep into the mind. No, no. He didn't have the thoughts that that said, uh, he didn't let it, encapsulate him and just consume him. The thoughts of, am I suffering for nothing? Am I going to make it to the other side? Am I going to be able to finish the walk? Am I going to finish the good race? No, because he knew that he was secure in the Father's hands. He knew that he could, could live a victorious life. Through the trials and through the temptations. Because of Christ. You know, many of us as saints, we, we often have those same questions. But listen, Paul is bold enough and confident enough to take all those questions to the table. And he answers them. Listen, he wanted the Romans and us today, uh, through the generation, to deal with these questions. And he dealt with them. He says, there's nothing, nothing can separate you. Nothing. There's no condemnation. No obligation, no frustration, no separation. Listen, Christian, you are victorious you are free from judgment because christ died and because he died then we have his righteousness therefore there is no condemnation you are free from defeat because christ lives in us his spirit and we can share his glory we are free of fear Because he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf. No condemnation, no obligation, no separation, no fear. I want to close with this illustration. During the construction, let you guys can come on for during the construction of the Golden Gate Bridge no, no safety nets were um, put in places no safety devices were used and 23 men fell to their death for the final part of the, the project however a large safety net was, was put in place for precaution 10 men fell into the to the net and all the men who fell were saved from their death I find it more interesting as I read the story that in fact 25% more work was accomplished after the net was installed why is that they had no fear brother you're right no fear listen they could serve they had the assurance, the security of their safety, that they were free, that they could wholeheartedly serve the project, that they could pour everything they had out, and they were secure. Listen, this morning I want you to understand that you are secure, that nothing or no one can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. secure so live your life in confidence in boldness even in this time of uncertainty when we look at everything around us we have a certain thing that we can look at that never changes that's the same yesterday today and will forever be abide in him rest in him Listen, we we still have a mission. We still have bridges to build. Nikki, we still have a gospel to go share. So take it. Take the news and go. And know that, hey, they can't touch you. You say, well, they could take my life. Listen, for a believer, there is no death. Death, where is your sting? Thank you. You just shuttled me in the presence of the Almighty. So listen today, Christian, quit living in fear and go. Yes. Take the news and go. We're closing, we're going to invitation. Two, two questions. Number one. Some of us, especially how many is here, I don't care how long you've been in church, is it a day, five years, fifty years, six years? It does not matter. One question. Do you have the security that if the trumpet blew today or if you were to meet your death as we leave the back of this sanctuary, do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? If not, I invite you to come and hear the good news. If one confesses and believes, they shall be saved. And two, come on, Christian if you keep walking or have been walking with your head down listen listen come back in communication with god come embrace the security live in the security amen stand with me let's pray father we thank you for this service we thank you for this day Father, may your spirit start working in the lives in these pews. You draw people right now, to. Father. Show us what it is to abide in you. Rest in you. And live a victorious life. In. Yeah.